everybody. Welcome to episode six of Manic Mixtape with myself and my best buddy, Dan Lord. Best buddy. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Y'all heard um, that's on record, folks. It is. It is. All right. Now, this episode is a little bit different because we figure we're five episodes in. We should probably do our own little mixtape mixtape because the stuff that we put on each other on the uh, compilation playlist for the show, we listen to the next day. We listen to on repeat. So now we're going to sit here and see if anything has changed with those. Have we grown to like certain songs? Have we listened to more of the bands, experiences, etc., etc.? And then this will all be like one greatest hits compilation thus far in the next playlist, which I think is going to be really fun considering the playlists already are very eclectic. (laughs) Eclectic's a word for it. Eclectic. It's a word for it. <laughs> I like looking at these lists and going, God, that's a lot of Genesis songs. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Well, I, I have to, uh, let me, let me start by asking this. Has your, since we've done these and since you've had some time with it and, and you don't have to say this to placate me because it's a heavy band to listen to in that way. Uh, has your opinion changed of Genesis as, has your opinion changed? Has your opinion changed of Genesis at all? Um, you like, eh, whatever. Okay. Uh, I. Cause I get it. If it isn't, trust me, I know. It's like, okay. Before you, I never really listened to many of the Peter Gabriel Genesis and stuff. So being open to those now was definitely an experience. And <laughs> that's a well, word for it. <laughs> experience. I do enjoy it. But again, I prefer Phil's voice over the Peter Gabriel one. I'm not going to argue with you with that because uh, that that uh, when he left, this just a quick aside, then I'm going to let you. That when he left, they did Trick and they did Wind and Wuthering, and then they did that live album. It's called Seconds Out, and that live album was really that's their second. I mean, well, it's their second live album, but a lot of those were re-recorded. To, and it was the first time Phil's voice was recorded singing those not background backup vocals. I'll, I'll just say it like this, just to add to what you said, because I found what you said fascinating, considering I'm wearing their shirt um, and just spent over a thousand dollars tickets to buy two shows okay. that Phil can't even stand up and he sold out Philly in 10 minutes. So what do you know? Amazing. What do I know? They suck. Um, so not you. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not what you're saying, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um I I love Pete. I love Peter Gabriel. I love everybody in that band. Some more than others, some much less than others. Tony. Um Phil's a bet he's literally figuratively, not literally and figuratively a better singer. He just is. Mm-hmm. And I love Pete. And there are some vocal performances on tracks that don't sound the same because it's not Pete, but Phil is a mimic. And I mean that in the most, po- when you, when you listen to, if you, if you go down a YouTube hole, listen to Genesis vocals only, you, you could, well, that's just Pete double tracking. It isn't. It's Phil. It's mm-hmm. Phil and Pete, Pete and Phil. There, There's a, I'll, I'll bring this up in a second. Let me stay on track here. A lot of those songs, He's a trained singer. He went to stage school. Mm-hmm. He was the original artful Dodger in the original run of Oliver in London before he went through puberty. So he never made the movie. Um, 
literally he hits puberty like on stage he has consider yourself oh shit <laughs> well that's over um uh he's a better singer he just is and uh and not for nothing everybody plays that phil collins playing the phil collins game and this episode is about educating each other on the bands months later so please go off please tell me things um that band grew up together so they all went away from that prog stuff to the stuff that you like better the shorter mm-hmm. songs the less sci-fi goblin-y eight minute song about an alien saying you know yeah you're all done uh, this is a giant plant that's killing us you know like that stuff you know phil didn't write a song until he got a divorce i'm just saying it's not phil's fault the point is he is a better singer i agree with you so i understand why you gravitate gravitate towards that so much and i will say this please listen listen to me and sarah jane again i will i will and reevaluate that i fucking love that song but anyway whatever you were saying no, but Go ahead. like okay it's it's funny because since episode one and that playlist Genesis has been haunting me, but in like a good way. In that now, anytime I watch MTV Classic, the number of Genesis songs they play is like, oh yeah, (laughs) this is strange. Or even like a random just Phil Collins solo song. It's like this is this is kind of strange. Or like my my local shop, right? They play eighties music. Oh God. You know, now I'm that age, so they play 80s music at the classic station. And it's like, it's Genesis, as I've noticed now, has the same appeal to people as, like, say, Prince. That's my best example. Because there have been times when I've been in ShopRite and a Prince song comes on and you hear random people singing along. And I'm like, yeah, and like, we know, we party in the aisles. But I've noticed, too, like, the occasional Genesis song has the same effect. Like, now when I'm in there, I'm singing along to practically everything. You know, they're playing Banana Ram. I'm like, yeah, Venus, and and you know, all that. But like, very rarely does a song come on that you hear people in every aisle sing when you're walking. And I've noticed it with Prince and Genesis, and I thought that was amaze balls. Then though, uh oh, <laughs> I went and did um. Another, Uh-oh. I went and did another podcast. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. According to Woods, yeah. And him and I hung out after the show, just bullshitting about music for a while. His whole thing was about Genesis. He loves. How am Genesis. I not feeling it? Can somebody tag me, please, on these shows? Well, I, I, I told him because it was after the show was finished, and I told him I was like, "You and my friend Dan would have so much to talk about. He loves Genesis." He saw them live in concert, but since he worked at the venue and he had gotten such great feedback from his him being an employee, uh, one of the head people of the venue let him watch them rehearse. Oh, the sound right? And, yeah, the rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. And and he like had spoken to Phil because the song they were playing was one that brought him to tears that he loves to death. So Phil like spoke to him. And That's I'm just nice. sitting here like, I can't escape Genesis now. That's great. But, Again, in every 
it was in every like positive way that Genesis has followed me since that. What's his Twitter account? According to Woods. Because I remember I was retweeting the shows and Mm -hmm. watching those and then. Yeah, we we talked about it again. We talked about it after the show was over. And I'm just sitting there and Davey is laughing in the background because he hears the name Genesis and Phil Collins. And he's like, oh, my God, (laughs) him and Dan would get along wonderfully. But yes, that's him. So again, again, it's the music that you've shared in the playlist. Again, some I knew, some I didn't. And then now that I hear Genesis just following me, definitely has brought me a new appreciation for the band and for their songs. Because now, just in talking to you, I know so much more about them that it has a whole new outlook for me with them as a band. I just tweeted him. I said, a mutual friend of ours told me you like Genesis. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Adam K. Woods? Yes. Yep. I got to say that. Cool. That'll start a conversation. Yeah, it's... uh, I I, I think people what people forget because... Here's a perfect example. And we'll move on from Genesis because I don't Mm want to... I'll talk about it for hours, but nobody else wants to hear that shit. Um, I was talking to somebody who used to work for me at a company that will remain nameless. 18, 19 years old. We're talking about music. Just randomly talk about music in a group of us. She says, uh, and I mentioned Phil. And she goes, who's Phil Collins? You guys hear you mention him all the time. And I said, in the air tonight, that's my go-to. Because people go, I know that one. Yeah. Cut to, she did know that. She didn't know the name of it. She know, oh yeah, the drum. Yeah, I know that guy. So I was like, in the air tonight, didn't do it. I was like, Tarzan? She goes, oh yeah, I love that. I was like, Oh, no, no. But at the same time, I was like, there's not a lot of bands that stitch through time, through a different generation in different ways, right? Because mm-hmm. Pete's got that song at the You know this movie, Wally, right? Yes, I know the one. Seth That's on constantly. Well, because it's fucking good. It <laughs> it's really good. You know, uh, Pete's been on Babe, but Pete's got a song with Randy Newman on Babe 2, Pig in the City. Uh, Phil's, Phil, like, Phil, be, what people don't know about Phil, and, 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 and got to put over, Mike, Mike Rutherford to Tony Banks alone, the guitar player and the keyboard player, to put it more simply, became hit writing machines in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Atlantic Confusions, Mike. Uh, that's all is Tony. Uh, me and Sarah Jane is Tony, by the way. He's the depressing romantic, <laughs> even though he's been married and he hasn't had a divorce. Looking at you, Phil. Um, t- I'm not. I can't dance. Is Mike and Tony, not Phil. Phil wrote the lyrics. Those, those get. It's all based on a guitar. Mike and the mechanics. The Living Years, right? Nobody. Living Years is a song generationally people can relate to. It's not aged very well. It was written in 89, but it's like, oh, yeah, Living Years. I remember that when my grandfather died. These guys impacted all, like several generations. No pun intended for the Living Years. So you bring in Phil, who went global by accident. He didn't even want to put that album out, Foxy. 
in the air tonight, it was demos. He did not. He was incapable of writing letters to his ex-wife or soon to be ex-wife. He wrote demos for her and sent those to her. That's so romantic. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. But it was well. uh, Yes, I understand. Yes, you are correct. Yes, I I agree. But that was way over at that point. That's like literally making a mixtape for your boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, yeah, but he did it with the big, huge drum machine at home with this real, real thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and then there's like, you know, we should make this album. Um, we should make this an album. And that's the thing. The original demos are used on the album and they just wrote around them. Huh. Like it's it, it. It was completely a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> and then. The dude worked nonstop for 20 years and now he's half crippled and he's still selling out arenas. So what do you know? Um, My final point on Phil and the impact you just mentioned, and then we'll move on to. Mm -hmm. uh, Ahmet Erdogan. He was the CEO, the guru, the president of Atlantic Records for years. Any group that was signed, it was because Ahmet was like, yes, 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 yes. For years, for the rest of his career, from his words, from his own mouth, bands would come in and go, this is our single. And he'd listen to the single because all final decisions went through him for years. And he, and if it was a single he didn't like or didn't think it was going to be a song, he would, he, I'd say to this day, but you get, I mean, till the end, he's dead now. He's since passed on. But to the end of his career, if it was a song he was not quite sure about, he'd go, yeah, that's great. But you got to do it like this. And he'd play in the air tonight for everybody. So, yeah, by working in grocery stores and service industry for years, I'm never jealous that I don't hear my band on the radio because I hear them all the goddamn (laughs) So That's never a problem. They've been kind of forgotten in the mainstream, but like I can't argue with the reason why I spent so much on tickets I didn't want in the first place to sit that close was because they sold out in 10 minutes. So that's what I was, you know, done. not mainstream fun till just till this point. Yeah. But still making such an impact when you think about it, even on social media, because, you know, very recently there was, you know, the reaction videos of the younger generations listening to in the that's air. That's right. That's and right. They're just like, what? And it's like, Again, that that's the power of music too. But like songs like that, and and just songs that Genesis has done, still are relevant, and they hit people. Every ten years or so, something will happen like that that'll put in the air tonight, right in the back in the top ten in a country somewhere. Like there mm-hmm. was, and at about two thousand five six, there was an, a Cadbury ad that was just in the air tonight playing. With a close-up of a gorilla sitting there listening to, <laughs> and as it zoomed out, it got closer to the part of the song, mm-hmm. and it was just the gorilla drumming on a drum set to the I can feel it, and then it just said Cadbury. There, there's nothing to it. That was it, Ooh. and I think the the song hit went to the top number one in Australia for the first time in thirty years. Mm-hmm. And this, those two kids that listened to that song and yeah. react to it. That went number. It went into the top ten in the UK and the US again. Song was released in 1981. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, Phil Collins. Yeah, that's my boy. I'm glad. <laughs> and like I said, Pete's my boy too. But I want to give you a suggestion. 
This is okay. the only suggestion I'm going to give you at the end of this. I will send you a link to it. This is how I, not how, this is what I, I would like. I don't know how to present this. Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Kelly and I were talking about this the other day. His last album he did in 2002, his last full album was called Up. And both her and I agree that though commercially in 2002, nobody was buying prog rock art anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not prog rock. It's very electric. I, I really think you'd like this album. There's no song under five minutes. It doesn't matter, except for the last one. Um, but I feel that that man literally put his best album out in 2002 and said, I don't need to do anything else. I'm done. And he hasn't put out any new, barely. He's put out three new songs since. Huh. And it took him 10 years to do this album. But if you could listen to Up... I promise you halfway through that album, you're going to go, oh, all right. Or go, no, nah, I'm cool. It's going to be, there's not going to be a half and half. It's mm. going to be, okay, Pete, I get this, Pete. Or, eh, feels better. And I don't want you to not say feels better. I, I just, I, whenever somebody brings up Pete, go, I don't think Pete was that good. I'm like, listen to his last yes, album. He is. He definitely is. Because I like his solo stuff, you know, obviously on, you know, the ones that were more the hits. I haven't deep delved into anything that wasn't a hit, you know. It's always about his penis or water. It really was. It's a, or both. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. There's Steve. <laughs> Pete's Red got, Red. I mean, Pete's got some problems. <laughs> Considering he was da- dating uh, Rosanna Arquette, I don't understand what the problem was. That's another story for another time. Yeah. He was married. Yeah. So in this moment. Yes. What I cannot for the life of me understand is why the fuck they're not global more, more global. I don't know either. <laughs> I I keep going back to that first playlist mostly because it has Genesis songs in it, to be honest. But um, there's not one song from In This Moment that I've listened to where I've gone, eh, mm-hmm. what is happening? Oh, I just got cheers from Momo. I haven't heard that sound in so long. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Momo just cheered 100 bitties. Thank you, Momo. I haven't heard, I haven't seen the the podcasts don't get a lot of interaction uh, as far as on-screen stuff. Mm-hmm. It's people in the chat, which badass. Yeah. I just read your your uh, tweets, I'll, uh, text. I'll um, read those in a second. So I wasn't used to hearing that sound. All of a sudden, in the surround sound, I was like, what's happening? Momo just donated 100 bits. Thank you so much. Momo says, yeet, what's up, bro? It's <laughs> talking music, talking music. And I'm bring- uh, since I talked about Genesis for 20 minutes, I'm about to bring it around to uh, Foxy's favorite band here. And I will say, Badass said, hello, terrible person. That's a, in reference to a tweet I wrote a couple days ago. They're both good. I have a playlist of just them. That is correct, Badass. Uh, I don't have any biddies to give, but I do have two titties. Never mind. Thank you, Badass. Two titties. Two titties. Momo says, I also have two. I love I love my chat rooms. It's Everybody brings it all the time. So in this moment, thank you, yeah. ladies. Thank you, Badass and... Momo, I appreciate the bits very much. Thank you so much. Um, unless you were offering those as a donation, no, thank you. Maybe. Um, kidding. So I don't. What I so I, what I don't understand is so we just talked about Genesis and their appeal and how every song 
in my opinion, it's like, this sounds fresh. This sounds good. It's permeating generations. How the fuck <laughs> is in this moment just not mentioned that much? Because every time I hear one of their songs, I'm like, this is really fucking good. What's the problem? <laughs> I know. Why are you and I only talking about this band? They're, they're very, that's the thing. They, they have this like cult-like following in a sense. And yet it's still so very underground. You know, the, their, um, their track with Rob Halford has been so far the most commercial successfully song, commercially <laughs> successful song. But otherwise they are hardly if ever played I mean, I know down by me, I only have one rock station, unfortunately. <laughs> so, like you and everybody else in this in this uh, I know in this right? country, rock stations are dying very fast. I know, but like you know, m- music aside, like you know, they have hit platinum. They they do sell out their concerts. They've opened for amazing bands. They've they've performed at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've performed at the uh, uh not Kerrang is that other one. There's another Golden Gods or some shit like that. But, like, they are out there. They are touring machines. They have been since way back in the day when they were just a MySpace band. They are touring machines. They're always on tour. They're always pushing out albums or something. They have an announcement coming up on this this coming Monday soon. I wonder what that is. Shit. Yeah, I wonder what that is. They're doing a track right now for the DC comic series, Dark uh, Death Metal, Dark Metal, some shit like that. Oh, oh, the yeah. one where Ghost was on the cover. Yes, like that's yeah. a. Not only is that an entire series on its own because it goes uh, Dark Knights Metal, Dark Knights Death Metal, Dark Knights Dark Metal. So there's all those out. There's all those comic book covers, but there are now soundtracks that are being created for them, and they're a part of that soundtrack. They did a song for another DC thing can't remember what it was but another song was called the calling like they are they put themselves out there so much i just don't know my neighbors are playing mambo number five sure 2002 hello um i i just it's weird that you said the rob halford thing because of course i love that track because it's Mm -hmm. it's white wet it's a it's a white wedding white wedding rewrite that was hard to say okay it was right but as much as I like that, I'm kind of like, oh, I wish they were. It's like to go back to Genesis. I hate that people are, oh, Invisible Touch. I'm like, yeah, and others. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I know. Like Phil was Susudia. Yeah, and other things. <laughs> um, white Redding rewrite. Yes, exactly. GM Spectre. <laughs> oh, everybody's coming into the room. Hello, GM Spectre. Shauna is here. My cousin. Words are hard. Yeah. Dark Knights Batman released some good albums. Oh, stop mm-hmm. it, Mad Ash. Um, no, actually, don't stop. Keep the chats coming. Keeps the interaction going. Um, so, yeah, it was frustrating to hear this because there's not one song where I was listening to it and I'm like, that's eh, all right. I'm not um, a screamer. Yeah. Well, no, I'm kidding. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a screamer. As far as music, like, I compared them to, please forgive the comparison if this offends you, Mastodon. No, no. Okay. I just realized I made another just reference. Forgive me. Um, Mastodon. I, I can't stand early Mastodon. And I don't mean that in a fuck early Mastodon. I'm not into the scream stuff. Mm-hmm. Their last three albums are right up my alley. It's prog metal. 
Mm-hmm. It helps that the drummer, Brand Brand Taylor, is a huge Genesis fan. That was the Genesis reference. I didn't mean to do that. The first time I ever heard of Mastodon was actually they're at the beginning. You know the Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yes. Did you ever see the movie? Yes. Cut you with a linoleum knife? That's Mastodon. Not surprised. Yes. Ex- <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. So I heard them through there and then just built on that. And then, and I went, tried going backwards. I was like, eh. Uh, yeah like, but going forward i'm like i'm totally in for this mm-hmm. same thing within the moment in this moment i i i everything they've done recently i i follow them on spotify now mm-hmm. sign me up for it the earlier stuff i don't like but back to that thing they're they're uh as momo referenced earlier it was like green day before they hit yeah everybody knew but everybody didn't know and mm-hmm. then green day hit that and then everybody knew and i really feel just on my novice experience within this moment, they're right there. Yeah, they're yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And with a singer like that, I don't know why they're not a number one. I'm just fine. See, it's and it's so as a fan, as a lifelong fan, because I I listened to them when they were literally just a MySpace band until they got signed. I love the MySpace like, thing. It's know, a right? that doesn't you don't hear stories like that. Anymore. I know. It's like I, I I love them and I want them to get the success that they fucking deserve, you know, after watching them grow and, and seeing them live and opening for all these other bands. But in the same right, I don't because like, OK, you want you want to keep them. No, it's it's more so uh, I'm going to use my ghost analogy for this one. When I got into ghost. Right. OK, I know where you're going with this. Sorry. When ghost. I got into ghost. They weren't touring at the moment. But I'm like, all right, they're easily accessible. You know, they do Webster Hall and shit. Cool. And then, then it hit big. And the next thing I know, they're playing Barclays and stadiums, and I can't afford that. Whereas right now, within this moment, I can always go to their show because, you know, the ticket prices are low. And I know for a fact that when I go to their show, I'm going to elbow myself to the front row because I always do. Because you know I'm petite, so at some points I could be like, "Excuse me, I can't see." And then other times, but you're you're a former wrestler with sharp elbows. Exactly, you know. And I managed to get always front row so that I can scream and cry with Maria. So it's like I don't want to take away the experience and the intimacy of like the small venues that they do. Because even though they work small venues, they work that stage. They the crowd is amazing, and then like. I want them successful, but I don't want to be stuck in a nosebleed seat where I can't see them. We will get to a ghost show when we just got into them. And oh my God, they're my favorite band, which you've only heard one song. And I'm, I, I'm going to just stop. We will get, (laughs) we will get to a ghost show. I know we will. All right. Um, So yeah, I think, I'm looking for it. Well, now I have to follow. I can't, I have to remember how to follow them on, Social media gonna see what this um because it'd be perfect timing for them to drop another a new album for me to go, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Would be. But yes, uh for those who are listening, you haven't heard of in this moment, do. And if you haven't heard of Genesis, fuck is wrong with you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> However, our little ghost tiny tidbit rant is a great segue because in episode two. We discussed professional here, right? In episode two, we discussed our mutual faves, picking only three because we have a lot. <sighs> uh, so we chose uh, CKY, Lady Gaga, and Ghost. That was a that was a playlist. That's a prog rock playlist. 
I had to unshuffle, and it was like some of these actually mix really well. Oh, I, I hit shuffle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's a, it, it. See, it's lists like this. When you do lists like this, it's um, it brings to light that genre is bullshit thing uh-huh. that we talked about in the new wave episode, which is episode five, which uh, will be my favorite question because that's the latest one. It'll be, but if music is like from classical to I listen to almost everything. Mm-hmm. I was raised at the same time I was raised with my dad on classic rock. Well, what is now classic rock? Genesis. Yes. Uh, Cream, Hendrix, Floyd, you know, the perennials. On the other side, my mom and my grandma, divorced family, was taking me into Philly to see Les Mis and Phantom of the Opera and listening to Cats. And actually, I <laughs> love pointing this out. Because she was such a racist, terrible person. My grandmother raised me on Motown, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and those bands at the same time. She was, yeah. Her. I just recall the other day. I don't know. Shauna's in the room. I don't know if she'll remember this, but we were coming back from a bowling alley once. Shauna was, and I love. Yeah, gra- gra- exactly, Shauna. Grandmom used to take me and Shauna separately to the Philadelphia Orchestra into Philly at the. Yeah, the old building. I have never, I you know, I've never been to the new building, but and I love my grandmother. She was a racist old white white lady, and I don't know if Shauna remember this. We were leaving the uh, bowling alley in Cherry Hill once, and she dropped that word, mm. and I was eighteen or seventeen, eighteen or maybe I was I was in that. I I'm sixteen. I'm a band, and I have big balls. Kind of phase. <laughs> And the first time I ever really talked back to my grandmother and I said to her, don't you ever fucking say that word in front of my, your, your granddaughter ever again. Nobody said anything. Mom, my stepmother, my grandmother kept quiet. Shauna just looked straight ahead in the car. And it was never, and I never heard her say it around me again. I was, mm-hmm. I was not going to tolerate that. Cause even at that age, I found it crazy. <laughs> that word. <laughs> Shenoodle hooks. Yeah, that's the word. Shenoodle hooks. Where you come up with this madness? Shenoodle hooks. Um, so I this hodgepodge of music in my mm-hmm. head, just so you don't think I went off track. I know where mm-hmm. I'm going. This hodgepodge of music in my head all of my life being brought up. So when you get it to a list like this, you realize all these arguments over what is act like. To bring ghosts back in, it's not really heavy metal. Go fuck mm. yourself. <laughs> Who cares? If you don't like it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the genre doesn't matter anymore. The genres don't goddamn matter with the internet. Genres are broken with the internet because anybody anywhere can listen to anything. To where before, for example, the Beatles were importing music from the States on the ships in Liverpool and the Dock listening to Motown and all the black American music. Because that's what they had access to. They could just walk to the record store and buy whatever record they wanted after post-war England. Mm-hmm. The internet broke the genres. I don't even know why it's a discussion anymore. That's why the Smashing Pumpkins were on this list. Yep. Did that okay. reunion record, which is completely metal, and then the follow-up album is completely electronic. There's no mm-hmm. genre anymore. And this list, you hear the Smashing Pumpkins do the everlasting gaze, and then you hear Gaga do Born This Way. Genres mm-hmm. don't matter anymore. She was. We got lost in Camden once and maybe got on the floor of the back seat. Jesus Christ. I didn't know that story, Shauna. Yeah. 
All right. And I tried to organize my MP3s and my flash drives into folders and found too much overlapped. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, then, then you get into the whole subgenre thing. Because when I when I was doing when I had iTunes and a little iPod Mini, I would do the same. I was very very anal retentive yeah. about, about it being in their certain genres because sometimes I want to listen to a specific genre. But there were times where I was like, okay, this is alternative. Okay, this is this is goth. But wait, no, this is not pop. It's electronic. So I had like electronica, electronic pop, Euro pop dance, like the genre. Like it was the hardest thing. And then especially when it came to the rap, it was like okay, so '90s rap kind of had a lot of the uh, the the chorus hooks that were very R and B, you know. So what do I label this as? Do I label it as rap or hip hop? And they're not the same, but they are the same. So what do I do? It was a very confusing time in my life. I remember when I got my first my first iPod. I'm old enough to where my first iPod wasn't an iPod. It was a Dell jukebox. And I would. I uh, Genesis, here, Genesis albums. Not, some of them are prog rock, rock, and pop. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, no, it's all prog rock. Just label it prog rock. But you know what else I put in the prog rock genre? The Smashing Pumpkins. The killers are in the prog rock genre because rock and roll is dead in the fact that rock and roll is not rock and roll anymore. It's whatever the fuck you want it to be. Country is not country anymore. It's pop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And this list is the perfect. Dan has had to listen to my taste for weird music for a long time. Yeah, but again. That was me. I was the one that was making everyone listening listen to the weird music because like you i grew up with all these different sounds yeah. like my dad was very very into 50s doo-wop and all of that so i know all of those and then you know of course more of the the zeppelin and the acdc from him you know my mom she was very much with the, the pop times she went from the disco to the 80s pop to the 90s pop you know Growing up in the house that I did too, there was also a lot of merengue being played. And then from my grandmother, I had polkas going because she used to be a polka. <laughs> See? So, so awesome. like, you know, and then then you get into society and then you have, you know, well, these friends are listening to Mariah and these friends are listening to freestyle. And these friends are listening to grunge. So it's like my cousin, know, my cousin in the chat. To, not going to get into it on a recorded podcast. We've talked about it many times in the chat. Uh, my mother practically raised her. We'll leave it at that. So we were raised very close. In fact, I, I'm actually, I'm not going to say what I was going to say on this podcast. She's my sister. So technically I have three. Mm-hmm. She's wedged in there between that other one. I don't like my point is, <laughs> um, I'm she's the, I'm the reason she listens to the pumpkins and Genesis two different bands. She mm-hmm. listens to them. Um, so was so my question is, this is probably going to be a real quick. Yes or no. Was there anything in this list that you hadn't heard before or have a new appreciation of? Because I will be honest. Yeah, I was completely familiar with everything on this list. So I got nothing new out of this. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah, of course. This was This was neutral to me. I was just enjoying it. No, you know what? I knew everything on the list, but like I, I even texted you about it. It reminded me so much of 
why I love Smashing Pumpkins so much in the 90s. Because over the course of time, like I would listen to them less and less and only favorite the ones that were my absolute favorite songs to listen to. I knew they existed, but like I wouldn't go out of my way to play like Lily or like Stumbling and all of that. All these songs I knew, I have them on tape, you know, from my friends. But like, you know, I would never go out of my way to just actively say, I'm going to listen to all the Pumpkin songs today. So like, it reminded me the very small minuscule good part of like my high school time. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was, it, it like, I, that's the one place, the one playlist I listen to the most because of all the pumpkin songs. And I put so many hearts next to the songs and having my own like pumpkins play. What my pumpkins, like little playlist went from about maybe four or five songs. I would play over and over to, <laughs> I can't even tell you. Good. How many. Good. No, I'm glad. And I just realized uh, uh, foolishly, I didn't put my. Uh... Oh, no, it's in there. Never mind. Seeking you shall destroy. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. If you haven't heard Seer, their last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's up, Mark? How you doing, dude? We're talking about music. Comes to, I know you're a big music fan, so we're talking about the playlist that we've put together so far. Which can be found. I cannot put sentences together tonight worse than usual. Can be found. On our Spotify. Thank you for watching from YouTube. How you doing, dude? Um, Mark is a co-host of Stadium Journey Podcast. Ah, hello, Mark. Ballpark Hunter on Twitter and all social media platforms. Um, the the last album they did, I just was is shiny. It's called Sear because Shiny and Oh So Bright Volume One was before that. Sear S Y R is completely. The best way I would describe it is a door part two. Oh, uh, because, you know, they went. <laughs> Fucking Billy Gish comes out. It's like the second, not the second coming of Nirvana, but it was like, oh, and Nirvana and these go. Who the hell are these? And Pearl Jam Gish comes out, complete grunge record. Mm-hmm. Siamese Dream comes out, makes grunge pop. Post grunge, as they called it. Yes, post grunge. Post grunge. And then this motherfucker. And I mean that in a jokingly but respectful way, Mr. Mm-hmm. Corey, owner of the NWA. This motherfucker does melancholy in the infinite sadness. Yep. Remember what I said about prog rock? Mm-hmm. I know. That was such a fucking throw, though. Like, you know, because again, you had the first two albums, you're like, all right, I get it. I get it. And then melancholy comes out, and, you know, you had to have it. You just had to. It was like, oh my god, it's a double disc. We need to have this. It's like huge. Oh yeah, but but and then the one that threw me for the was tonight. Tonight, I was like, it's on the same album. What is this? And it's great. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Ballpark and Mark. I'm gonna have called him by his screen name. Like I don't know who the hell he is. Mark says he was down with uh, Machina. So let me get to that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so after Melancholy, and you have to remember, like in the '60s and '70s and '80s, double albums were considered cheap. And throwaways because they were like, well, this is either a greatest hits or a live album. Nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. And then you forget the who Tommy Genesis lamb lies down on Broadway, Pink Floyd, the wall, mm-hmm. all these double albums, melancholy. Who, how do you, after two albums go, I'm going to put out a double right? album. That's balls. And it was huge and mm-hmm. arguably their best work. Then he turns around. Now, part of it was necessity because, in my opinion, as much as that band is Billy Corgan, 
Jimmy Chamberlain is the greatest drummer that nobody talks about. And a lot of that, he had a drug problem. If you don't remember on that tour, Jimmy Chamberlain OD'd with their piano player, Jonathan mm-hmm. Melvoin, and Jonathan Melvoin died. And Jimmy was fired and made to go to rehab. If for those who don't know who Jonathan Melvoin is, you actually have seen him in a Pumpkins video. He's in the Zero music video playing the piano during the guitar solo. That was their touring guitarist, uh, pianist. And he died with Jimmy in that room. So that sound's gone. So by necessity and by, well, what's the next step? I'm going electric. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he does a techno electronic pop album that I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. As much as I've talked about those other albums, that's my favorite album. And it shouldn't be. By all rights and privileges, it shouldn't be. I love that album. I, I discovered it when I was teen. Like a couple of years after it came out, it was just angsty enough for me. I was like, this is it, man. He knows. And then, like Mark just said, Machina comes out. The band reunited on record. Mm-hmm. Darcy never made it past record. It was a Melissa Aftermar on tour. Mm-hmm. It's an upgrade, but that's just me. Um, in every way. <laughs> musically by the way to be clear um and that way too if you want to be technical about it uh and again, again jimmy was back the band was the band was back again then the band breaks up thankfully probably zeitgeist comes out sounds like a pumpkins record but something's missing but Jimmy's there. So it still sounds kind of like a pumpkins record. Then Jimmy leaves again. They get this kid to come over and Billy's still pumping out record. And there's good stuff in there. Not my favorite, but there's a lot of good stuff that has gone on to the playlist that are, mm-hmm. that's that hold right up there. Geek. Um, not geek USA. Um, oh man. I forgot the name. I'll, I'll look up the town, the, the name of the song later that holds right up with anything for Siamese dream. It's really good. Then Jimmy and James comes back. And as soon as that album starts, you're like, there it is. That's the sound mm-hmm. that has been missing. And he's, you can say what you want about him being as popular as he used to be. Pumpkins were all over stations such as Y100, Z100, WDRE. Yes. Yep. WDRE, exactly. By the time Machina came out, it was relegated to all the alt rock stations only. And then you came on. That's true, though. That is so true. When Pumpkins came out over here in Jersey, like, you know, you had your alt station, you had your pop station, you had your club station. They were practically on every station. They even managed to get on the club station because in the late 90s, it was the in it was in the in thing like club remixes of, you know, rock songs to be made because there was like there was like a club version of Don't Speak by No Doubt. It's like there's a club version of In the Air Tonight. I know. I've heard it. It's garbage. It but it was a hit on the on the on the dance stations because it was the song it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, honorable mention from Jam Specter, and then I have a DRE uh, sidebar. Um, I, just, I have a sidebar in general. All right, good, good. Your sidebar first, then my DRE stuff. While Mark's on here, mm-hmm. um, side note about the Pumpkins era: the end of the beginning is the end. Jam Specter yes. mentioned that specifically yes. on the last episode. That was the bridging. That was the bridge between melancholy and a door. In mm-hmm. between all that crap came the only good thing from the movie Batman and Robin, and it's that single. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's your sidebar? My sidebar, it's, um, it's actually Melissa Oftermar, because it was a funny thing. God, I love her. 
from an interview that I actually remember because I was like huge with watching MTV and 120 Minutes and all the interviews. And oh yeah, for some reason, all of them are ingrained in my brain, but I can't remember what I did about three hours ago. So when Adore had come out. It was very different. I saw it more as like, you know, an evolution to the band. Just so happens when that album came out, so did Hole's second, well, technically second album uh, came out, which was Celebrity Skin, which was definitely them growing up. And I remember Melissa Oftemar in an interview saying that she was excited for Celebrity Skin because up until that point, on a technicality, she was playing covers with Holt. She was never the original bassist. The original bassist died after um, Doll Parts was recorded. Oh. And they had to get Melissa Oftermar in. So up until Celebrity Skin, everything Melissa played was not really her music. It was the yeah. old bass. She's and basically then, playing what was already written. And then yes. that album, she was playing her own stuff. Yes. And the bridge between those two albums was uh, their cover of Gold Dust Woman for the Crow City of Angels soundtrack, which again, another cover. Great track. Great cover. Forgot about that song. So Celebrity Skin comes out. She gets to finally do her own music with Hole, which didn't last very long because, you know, Courtney. Courtney's nuts. Courtney got all Courtney and Melissa Oftemar left and everyone's like, Oh, where's she going to go? And then poof, she's with the pumpkins. It was like, well, I, I have a question. Which one yeah. is celebrity skin? The one that Billy wrote? Yes, it is. Uh, it, I think it is. <laughs> I love that song. I love that whole album. It's I think it's that song. And then the album, that whole album before that, is it? Which wait, hold on. Because there's there's celebrity skin, doll parts, asking for it was like an LP. Which oh, I, have you ever heard the rumor that disarm was actually written about Courtney? Uh, that was, it was about big, it was about her his father though. Well, the big nineties rumor was, you know, Courtney was a doorknob to a lot of the bands. And that <laughs> and <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Courtney Courtney Love was like big. All the '90s rumors was that she was the doorknob. You know, there was Cobain, that you know, Gavin Rosdale, Billy Corrigan. I just want to point out the lady said that, not the the white guy. Yes, supposedly the big rumor back then, other than her killing her own husband, was that oh. Billy wrote "Disarm." She's not that smart. So uh, no, "Disarm" is about her, his mother. "Xyu" is about Courtney. Oh, you're welcome. Nah. Blew your brain on that one, didn't I? Mm -hmm. See, that was a nice little interesting sidebar. Yeah. Uh, here's my DRE sidebar. The radio show I reference often on WMMR. By the way, I'm going to plug WMMR. Uh, if your rock stations are dying, listen to WMMR on their app. It's free. I know it's a Philadelphia rock station, but those are my boys and girls. My boys and girls. But the radio show I mentioned very often the Preston and Steve show actually do you remember when WDRE was simulcast in Philadelphia and New York yes. in the mid 90s Preston Elliott the Preston of Preston and Steve started as a DJ in Philadelphia moving from St. Louis on WDRE hmm. Steve was working in WDRE New York 
And Steve would do the comedy bits. He was a former stand-up comedian who became a full-time DJ and writer on the station. Whereas doing any commercial that was a goofy commercial you heard on DRE, Steve Morrison wrote it. Huh. It was all Steve. So anything that you remember that was like, <laughs> Steve Morrison. No shit. Steve and Preston did a satellite hookup segment on WDRE somewhere towards the end. Uh, WDRE was one of the few radio stations that got an end date. Usually radio stations are like, we're chugging along. We're off air. It's over. Uh And you never hear from again. Like Y100 got that. Uh Y100 was told that night. Okay, we're done. See ya. And turn in the power 99 FM at midnight. That happened here. Power 99. No, no, not power 99, but oh, it happened all over the country. Uh I just turned my mic off. I hope that's back on. It is. I can hear you. Okay, good. Um, So, and I'll read that in a second, Mark. And GM Spectre, I'll read that in a second. Give me a second real quick. At the end of that segment, Steve says to Preston, you know, this is the end soon. We might not, you know, uh, it was nice working with you and hope to see you again. And Steve says to him, don't worry, Preston. I have this feeling that we'll be working again in the future very soon. And then they talked about um, dwarf porn for another 20 minutes. (laughs) Cut to 25 years later. They are the juggernaut in Philadelphia. uh, And they, they were one of the first shows that podcasted their entire show content when podcasts were new. Nice. Um, I just thought something Mark mentioned DRE. That was a cool little um, mention. Uh, first GM Spectre, Melissa Oftermar did a song called Father's Grave with Glenn Danzig of all people. Oh, good. It must have been a happy recording session. <laughs> Never thought about Oftermar's contributions to Hole that way before. Yeah, I didn't until Mm-hmm. Uh, Foxy mentioned it. Mark, it, it was, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it was uh, I. I still have it on VHS because I actually watched it a few months ago. It was via a 120 minutes interview with Matt Pinfield oh, Matt. at one of the when they used to do those uh, like those jingle ball type things from Z100. Yeah, yeah. It was like all oh, the thing. jingle balls. Yeah, yeah, because whole kind of like you know crashed the party and they like she had blatantly said it it was also it was it was a side part of an interview where they had said that they paid for stevie nix's pool with the gold dust woman cover <laughs> i am probably full that. of useless music information that's probably true <laughs> mark uh mark says all these albums take me back to the good old days of college back with mtv played videos yeah uh all the time i love max P- matt penfield yeah he's no longer with us is he no, I think he's. Am no, I? I think, am I? Th- am I mixing him up with somebody else? Somebody else? Yeah. I apologize to Matt Pinfield if I'm incorrect. Uh, long, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Mark Viquez is from uh, North Jersey. He's from your neck of the way. He's still alive. Okay, well, who am I confusing him with? Uh, I'll look it up later. There's another DJ that I'm confusing him. The VJ that I'm confusing him with. Uh, Jesse Camp passed away. Not Jesse. No, Jesse Camp passed away. Yeah, Jesse Camp passed away. But as far as the sure. VJs, they're all talk, I know, talk about Kennedy. that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I know he wrote a book, but I haven't heard. No, no, Jesse. Yeah, CGS Spectre just said the same thing. Jesse died. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. I know he wrote a book. Maybe he wrote a book, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, he died. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Matt. I, I knew about the book. I apologize, Mr. Pinfield. That's going to get deleted. Um, is there anything else from this list you want to 
Or do you want to uh, move on? I, I just got to make note that the entire ghost section had my five-year-old dancing and singing. Oh, you're ghost. dancing? He's drawing pictures. He's he's standing in front of the TV staring. Mm-hmm. No, my, my little Cole, little Cole, my five-year-old, is a huge ghost fan. He's a ghoul now. Yes, he knows all of the lyrics to, in particular, uh, Hail kiss Satan. The, kiss the Goat, which is the most hilarious thing to have a five-year-old saying. I can, you see, you know what's funny about that? I can totally understand why a kid would be attracted to a song, Kiss the Goat, without hearing, yeah. without getting the connotation to the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. So he, he does that. Uh, Cerise, oh my God, he puts on a performance with Cerise. Does it help that the kids are in the music video? Yes. I bet that's what does it. Yes. Uh, Square Hammer, he knows, and Dance Macabre, and he just started singing along to Rats. And doing the... That kid's going to be... That kid's, yeah, the... Yeah, he does that, too. That kid's going to be goth, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and and, and better not a better family for that to not happen to. Well, to I happen. always said he was going to be the music baby. I always oh, had a feeling go. he was going to be the music baby. And the fact that he can pick up song lyrics and beats in a second, because he does that with a lot of the songs I play that I don't think he's listening to. And next thing you know, he's walking into the room singing along to like an aesthetic perfection song that I just started playing. Is there a I'm Phil like, Collins song one of them were dancing or singing along to? Yes. I s- can't remember. It doesn't matter. All you had to do was say yes and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I brought in his, mu- his musical horizons a lot. Yeah. Put it that way. Uh, and just to make it worse, Bad Ash just had to add him. But what about Jesse's girl? Wah, wah, wah. Okay, covers. Okay. Covers, episode three, we talked about cover songs. The good ones, the bad ones, the ones we didn't know were covers, the ones that are better than original, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, oh, wait, can I blow your mind? Can I blow your mind first? Yeah, had no absolutely. idea Whiskey and Jar was a fucking cover. Really? I, I'm an, I, I looked at Kelly and said, well, I'm an idiot. I, first of all, it's a traditional Irish uh, t- song, yeah. folk song. Had no idea it was a cover and had no idea it was what it was. And I'm just, she goes, oh, yeah, but this, I was like, what do you, what? Oh. And on top of the fact that when you said whiskey in a jar, I had no idea what song you were talking about. So it was like three things coming into one going, oh, that one. I know that. Wait, that's a cover? <laughs> I'm an idiot. That's this, That was my same reaction. Like I said, I'm Jersey girl, so I'm going to get crucified. That was my same reaction when I heard Metallica's Die, Die, Darling. I didn't know it was a cover. <laughs> See, that one I got. And I'm supposed to know, be like big Misfits fan because Jersey represent. Uh, misfits are an acquired taste. I, I I like Metallica's version better anyway. It, it hits harder. But okay, so I gotta say, oh, you're gonna like this one. Okay, you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. I've heard a lot of covers of Tomorrow Never Knows. I have. Yeah. I really, really like Phil's version. I really liked it. And I've heard a lot. I thought I had a favorite. What was your favorite before that? Because I'd like to hear it. I forgot the name of the band who sings it, but it was featured on the Kraft soundtrack. I'll look it up. Because it was the opener to the movie. I'll look. I don't even remember that. Yeah. By the way, is that movie worth it in 4K? Because that's in 4K 4K on my uh, What, the original? Yeah. I'm Uh, like... 
Do I? 4K? All right. I'm biased, so I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah. I think I need to see that movie in 4K for more than one reason, but. (laughs) Bruce Bulk. Go for it. Oh, my God. She can choke me. Um, Our Lady Peace did it. Thank you. And that makes a lot of sense. I I'll have to hear that. They, I have the touches in that movie? Yeah. You know whose song that is? I do. And I can't. Foxy. I, I do. I Foxy, do. Foxy. 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 No, it's it's not. But. It's not. It is. But. It, it, Peter. Yes. Thank you. Okay. That's a That's a Peter Gabriel cover. Because I always knew it was a cover, and I know I knew the song, but never enough to really know it. Which is funny, because that's one of those songs. Pete has this unfortunate thing where he'll release a song. In Your Eyes has three different releases because he hated the first mix of it. So he redid it, and then he redid it himself. To the final single version is like 11 minutes. I Have the Touch has four single versions. And they all have something different to them. They're all different. Like the song, the basic song's the same, verse, chorus, verse, but there's something added, something taken away, a musical instrument's added. The dude is nuts like me, and that's why I love him so much. But I have to hear that I have the touch. I am very happy you said that about um, Tomorrow Never Knows. Um, Mark says Superstar by Sonic Youth. Good. Oh, huh? that is a good one. Good. Uh, Fru- uh, Inspector Fruz the Balk cutting an awesome promo on that college kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fruz standing there. Uh, is your guest... Uh, actually, she's the host. I'm just here. I'm apprenticing. Uh, Foxy Foxy is from New Jersey. Would you like to tell Mr. Viquez where you're from? I am from northern New Jersey, uh, Passaic County, to be exact. I am a town just over... Actually, my backyard is quite literally Clifton. My GPS will tell me my backyard is Clifton, though I am in Passaic. You are in Clifton. No, I'm not, asshole. Um. Okay, so the tomorrow never knows thing. Did you do what I asked you, or did you remember what I asked you to do? Sound like your father there. You can smack me. Um, with at the end as it faded, did you turn it up? I couldn't. Ah, oh, shit. I'll have to. I'll do an enhanced version and send it to you. Yeah. No, I, I, because I had it on my stereo that day while I was cleaning, so I couldn't exactly do here's, that. Here's the ironic thing. So that's off face value, which is off the same album in the air tonight song. And Tomorrow Never Knows, of course, is a Beatles cover. And he mm-hmm. did that cover because he's a huge Beatles fan. He's actually in the movie A Hard Day's Night as an extra at the concert. Wait the back. Uh, you can actually see him. Uh, in the in the making of that came out in the mid-90s, the director actually found it and gave him a reel of him. A nice picture of him standing there. Um, the ironic thing about that is, is the only thing that kept face value uh, the in the air um, in the air tonight after out of the number one UK spot was John Lennon's single woman because he had died and they were selling it. That makes it popular. But yes, I love the Beatles to death. And I respect their version. Time for dinner must go talk to you soon. Mark, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming in and visiting, sir. Thank you, Mark. Jersey represent. Um, Hey, I got my Springsteen shirt on too. Yes, exactly. There you go. We're all jerseyed out. I'm talking like Jersey. You're talking to looking like Jersey. He's talking. He said, look, he moved to the Midwest. Sounds like he moved from Jersey yesterday. <laughs> he'll be talking like me. Like, and sometimes the Philly South Jersey thing comes out. Sometimes he'll end his sentences. You'll hear it talking like that. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. Um, that's my preferred version of that song. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's great. It is, is, 
it blew me away when I first heard it. Cause I'm like, like I said, I've heard a couple covers of it already. So it was like, it's just another cover song, but I heard it. I'm like, okay. I liked, <laughs> is it Casey or Kazzy? K-A-Z-Y. I, I, I think it's Casey. Okay. Well, there needs you tonight. It's fantastic. Right. And, um, Blue Monday. See, there wasn't a lot on here I didn't like. I didn't know either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gotta know. Oh, dang! In the air tonight is forty years old. Yeah, this year. Okay. Oh God, no, it's not. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, it is. Nope. Okay, it's not. Nope. Did you listen to the Back in New York City song by Jeff Buckley? Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. I had listened. What to did it. you think of that song? <laughs> I thought it was alright. I understand. That's that part of Genesis you're like, it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Well, that okay, so That's let's answer... Like, I don't hate it. Let's ask it like this. Uh-huh. There's a companion list we did. Yes, there Which was, was the originals. Mm-hmm. What? So, instead of talking about songs we, we know the answers to, because we know the songs, mm-hmm. what on the covers list did you like more than the cover, is what I'm trying to say. Is there any originals you were like, oh, shit? I'm pulling it all up right now. That's okay. Uh, and the originals, let's see. Because I'll give you Shadow Play yeah, by I'm the Killers. Play. Uh, mm-hmm. Careless Whisper by George Michael. I'm sorry. Um, Running Up That Hill and Cinnamon Girl are the originals I like. Need You Tonight, just a notch better than the cover. Yeah, it sense. has its own vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the the rebel yell is better than the original. I'm not gonna lie. It's just the dope version is like, all right, this is cool. I like it. I, I would say I put those maybe equally as well. I'll give you that, sure. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> um the ghost song I put on there, which is the class. See, the Philly came out right there. The ghost song. The ghost song I put on there. Uh, Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I never knew. I didn't either. Never <laughs> I didn't knew until I looked it up. I mean, obviously, I prefer that version because I liked it before I knew it was a cover. So, of course, I, I, I prefer that version, too. I, I, yeah. I, it was one of those covers where I went back to listen. Oh, let me hear it. There's two ghost songs that they do covers that, in my opinion, they made their own song. And one of them is Imperiate, the Bible, the song Bible, mm-hmm. which their version is far superior. No offense to Imperiate. It's just not my. And with all due respect to the late Roki Erickson, I think his original version of If You Have Ghosts sucks. I don't like that song. Mm-hmm. Ghost made a completely different song altogether mm-hmm. and made that song better. In my, it's like Roki that, didn't finish it; Ghost finished it. See, but that's the whole. I I feel that's the point of a cover to <laughs> make it your own, so they know that it's yours, and to make people question, okay, who did it first? Because a lot of people cover songs just to fucking cover them, and you could tell, like, there's no passion. <clears throat> I was gonna go with Britney Spears, but okay. <laughs> Same there's diff. no, there's no oomph behind it, you know. Like I said, you know, you hear Britney Spears is my prerogative, and it's like, cool, you just wrote that to write it because that's when you're gonna have your meltdown. Whatever, you know, Manson Sweet Dreams had me questioning my whole life. It's like, is this really a Eurythmic song anymore? Like, no, Sweet Dreams is Manson's. It's like Hurt by uh, 
It's like Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, which was made. Yeah. More it fam- was made for Johnny Cash. It's a Johnny Cash song. And you know who also said that? The guy who wrote the song. Yeah. I mean, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, great song. Loved it when it came out. Johnny Cash's version came out, and it's his. He made it his. Now, it's not on the same um, global level as this, no. but I think Tomorrow Never Knows is now Phil Sutton, and that's just... I feel similarly. Sorry. Sorry, Beatles I fans. I, Preaching I to the choir similar. on that one. <laughs> no, I feel similarly to that. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I was to say, I, I'm also one of those people that don't get the Beatles. So, I mean, not, not saying... All right, thank you very much. Way. Good night. Good night, folks. No, yeah. not saying it disrespectfully. Kidding. Not saying it disrespectfully. No, just to anybody that'll probably hear that and go, wow! I've been over it, too. I put them... I put them in the same um, category as people that say that the Beatles weren't that good. Shut up. It's the shut up category. See, that's the thing. I do feel that they are good. They are very good. They're very good. Just They're not very my thing. Yeah, it's just, I don't care. Smooth criminal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say Alien Ant Farm took it. Yes. I'll say it. Sorry. I'm not sorry. I say they took it. Their follow-up single was fine. I don't think I don't think they qualify as a two-hit one-hit wonder. I think it's a two-hit wonder. Listen, I'm just biased because there's a Ghostbusters reference into it. In it, what do you want from me? I'm doing a cover. I'm doing that cover at karaoke tonight. Alien Ant Farm. Oh, good luck. Nice, nice. All right. So, wait. You're the host. I, I'm not the host. This we're we're a buddy cop film. We cannot do this without each other. Am I the crazy one? The only one that goes crazy? We might have to flip a coin for that per episode. That's true, yeah. <laughs> well, with my hair the way it is, I'll, I'll do I'll do rigs this week. I'm Mel Gibson and Lisa Weapon. Oh, uh, great. So I got to be the one that's too old for this shit? That's great. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to... Fine. Uh, you said I it. I, I am. I, I mean, in the air tonight's 40 years old. I didn't say anything. You did. I did. Don't let the pink hair fool you, people. I'm gonna be forty. Wow. <laughs> Would have thought you were like my. Because I stopped aging at nineteen. Yeah, well, I, I wish mean, I did. And and the thing is, I never realized it until someone pointed it out. We're like, look, you literally have not aged facially since you were nineteen. I'm like, whoa. We mean facially. What are you talking about? I'd be offended. Like, what? What about the rest of me? Well, you know, childbirth. And uh, stuff. I the rest is mat- the rest of every- the rest of me is matured. <laughs> Whereas everything from the neck up, including my brain, has not changed since I was nineteen. <laughs> right. Who the hell was Kelly saying that about the other day? From the neck up. Oh, from the neck, Phil. She said that about Phil. From the neck down, he's fine. <laughs> hey. She, it's this that throws us up because he he has a bunch of hair until seventy four, and then it starts going poof. <laughs> wow! Thank God Lily doesn't have that problem. She's got his eyebrows though. It's it's like wow, Lily's so attractive. I'm like I don't see it because I just see Phil and no, uh, I, no. <laughs> oh, oh no! Do we want to roast Bad Ash together? Sure. I'm just going to read this. Sorry, Badass. I thought you were out of it with your band suggestion, but after that, you're not. Sound of Silence. I like the stir version better. I'm going to leave and let you do it. (sighs) 
Okay. Oh, oh. I love you, Bad Ash, but go fuck yourself. Uh, um, to be fair, I hate that song in its entirety. What? I, I do. I'll sing along to it. It's on my Spotify, but like, you know, eh, eh. I don't know how to. I don't know how we can go on this relationship any further. I think musically, musically, I do feel Disturbed did a great job of it, but musically is different than vocally. Uh, Matches texted me and said, so do you want to do a show called Crazy Compilation? Oh, you want to do a new show? <laughs> Crazy Compilation. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> That's um, witty. You know what's funny? You know what? I'll back you up on that one, uh, Foxy, because the version that they released is a single, and I'm talking about Simon and Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. And let's just get this out of the way. S- Paul Simon was the guy. Uh, Garfunkel just sang harmonies. Just want to get that out of the way. Garfunkel was nothing in that band. Um, in that band, in that group. Uh, and <laughs> it would be told by every time that Paul Simon got tired, he left. Um, that single, I'm kid, all kidding aside, by the way. I'm kidding. Kind of. Um, the release, that single release is just, it's supposed to be just guitar. And then singing. It's supposed to be Paul Simon Garfunkel art. You know, you know folk, silence. Folk. The producer, this is in the days where producers could do this before the artist was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, went in and added the band and released that version. And I prefer that version. Paul Simon hates that version because mm. the version is supposed to be just him and uh, art and the fucking guitar. And here's the other kicker to get the band to play in time, they had to speed the track up. It's a botch job of all botch jobs, just like the cover of the song. Hey, yo, um, in my defense, bad experience that the original version was a part of. So, oh, well, okay, I'll give you that one. That's 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 like Led Zeppelin. I can't listen to Led Zeppelin because I still want to kick that dude in the face. Okay. Are you bouncing to my neighbor's, my neighbor's party? music? Yes. We've hit, I think we've hit the reggaeton. Yeah, yeah, well, it's okay to me. Terrible person (laughs) you are. Yeah, I know, I'm terrible. So that brings us to our David Bowie list. Yes, episode four was uh, our first in the set of Icon series, which we talked about anything and everything David Bowie. This will be a quick one, because I don't know if we can uh, elaborate on this any more than we did on that episode. And you can find it on the VOC Nation Radio Network, which is our old network which I'll explain at the end of the episode, but mm-hmm. uh, all of our archives episodes at VOC Nation Radio Network uh, or on YouTube.com slash Dan 93. Go ahead. Take it away, boss. Uh, I mean, let, let's be real here. We both love David Bowie. So there wasn't a single track on this playlist that I skipped. I love them all. Listen to them all. And I still stand by the fact that the Labyrinth soundtrack is underrated because everyone sees it as a Jim Henson movie and he's the Goblin King and Big Groin. It's not... It doesn't hurt. I mean, it might hurt. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, again, the the songs from the Labyrinth soundtrack should not be slept on and they should be listened to in full without thinking of Muppets and shit. It's fucking Bowie. It it is. It's Bowie. 
But is there anything on there that you hadn't heard? Because I know I stuck that cover on there. You're kidding, right? <laughs> well, I stuck the cover on there. The the Pink Floyd cover. Did you? See, yeah. Emily Play is not a Bowie song. That's that's him covering Pink Floyd. Well, you probably heard it because you've listened to his discography. I'm just saying, now that you know it's a cover, did that change? There it is. Yeah. I didn't know it was a cover. It's Pink Floyd's song, yeah. <laughs> no shit. Which, I, I didn't put it in the covers episode on purpose because I knew the Bowie was coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's one of those songs, and I love Pink Floyd to death. The Bowie's version is better. It is. So I didn't I, know that it was a cover. It's it's sacrilegious. To, is it sacrilege or sacrilegious to say that? Sacrilege. I go with sacrilegious. Okay. To say that because, you know, Sid Barrett's the greatest guy that nobody's ever heard of. And I love Sid Barrett. And that's a tragic story. That should be one of our icon episodes where I just talk about that for an hour. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. There's very little we can elaborate on this list. But mm-hmm. I will I will double down. And it's hard to say this because I'm looking through this playlist going, that's ah, so funny. Um, and then I say it, I'm like, yes, but then Black Star came out. <laughs> uh, I still think Where Are We Now is the perfect David Bowie song. You know, it's like it's my mean Sarah Jane for Bowie, where somebody mm-hmm. goes, well, How would you explain Genesis to me? I say, Listen to this song. Mm-hmm. This is the band contained in a five minute segment, it's got all their signatures in it. It's an under six minutes for that band that's good. And <laughs> As I said, the reason why I love it so much is he's either a very tragic or very happy song. Mm-hmm. Where Are We Now is that song for Bowie. Not only do I think it's his best song, which is really saying something, uh, maybe it's in retrospect because he's dead. Or maybe it's in retrospect because I'm older and you know you lose love, you find love, you, people go away and never come back. And I don't know. I think it's just the perfect song. See, I can never... I can't do, I, I wish I could do what you just did. Like, you know, what do you mean? like I can never just pick something to define said artist. I wish I could do that, especially with David Bowie. To, but be, like, f- to be fair, this is only within the last five years of my thirties. You know what I mean? It's just not yeah. something I've always done. I, I, I've just done this now. Yeah. I just wanted to, you know, I, I haven't been able to do that because, you know, I went through a phase with Genesis where when I was a kid, it was all about the nerdy proggy shit because they were singing about shit I would read and see in the comic books and the yeah. TV shows. I watched. Then as I got older, you got into that poppy, uh, um, mushy shit that the boys without the other four, the other 80 guys in the band would sing about just the three of them about mm-hmm. love and loss and, you know, fading lights is about you know the twilight of things of all mm-hmm. things life and you know, <laughs> i compare that song to it's such a stupid quote for such a silly movie ultron the age of ultron when he says to vision they're doomed and he replies yes but a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts huh. that's fading lights you know it's i yeah. I, I just when you as you get older i can go you know i'm feeling Today I'm feeling I almost said something I guess tell y'all there. It's like today I'm feeling I can't dance. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, Bowie. I guess that's it for Bowie. Pretty much. Yeah. Do the doors get any love here? 
Wow. Oh, man. I think the better I, the less I say about here, I'll say this about the doors. Um, there's three guys in that band, and one of them was highly overrated. The other two are geniuses. On my end, um, I like the doors. If you give me a greatest hits album. Yeah, exactly. Because I will listen to the doors up and down, but I wouldn't go and listen to anything that isn't known by well, the entire three world. the three guys the one i meant four and three and the one is over eight because i forgot i always forget about um krieger well you know he had the moves like jagger nope oh god damn it rayman's eric john densmore and i always forget robbie krieger so uh, the, the if you can guess what the guy i said is overrated it's the guy that everybody goes he's the greatest thing ever the only thing I can't get over sometimes when listening to the doors is the very high octane organ keyboard sound in a lot of their songs. Like it's good, it's there, it provides your your hook and all that shit, but sometimes it's so shrill that it hurts to listen to. I'll say this badass, individual songs are fine. Um there's the band itself is a little, uh, Jim Morrison is much for me. But individual songs, there it's the doors. But who the hell am I to say they suck? But as far as Jim Morrison, hmm. that's the thing about Ray Manzarek. Um, the, the you mentioned the keyboard. Uh, I understand what you're saying about the high octane, high name. Oh, what song? People are strange. Got it. I'm sorry, I was reading that wrong. Um, you know, he's also the bass player. You know, he's playing the bass on the keyboard. <laughs> so that's why that man didn't have a bass player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think Jim Morrison is um, overrated. What can I say? That'll be on another discussion for another time, which that list is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Well, moving on. The last episode that we did, which was a quick one to just come up with, and it ended up being a whole deep dive into just what we were talking about before, which was genres and how genres really don't matter, was all about new wave and the big discussion of <laughs> what is new wave. Which is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Because for those that did not get to hear the spiel, I'll condense it down to like a cliff notes. But basically, new wave is goth music new wave is industrial new wave is alternative basically new wave is anything that could not be put into a picture perfect box of is this rock or is this pop and every subgenre that is out there today pop industrial synth wave uh grunge alternative etc etc fall under the new wave banner which in essence when you really break it down full under the prog rock banner, because prog rock was all about experimentation. Basically what we're saying, it's prog rock. Boom. Yeah. Was there anything on that list that uh, you hadn't heard before? I will be honest. You know, I'm a bigger, <laughs> I'm a bigger new wave fan than I realized. Cause really the only thing I didn't recognize was the gunship stuff. Yeah. Because I put the gunship, I put the gunship. Okay. Uh, I put Gunship on that because right now they are, I, I would personally say, one of the forefront runners. 
What? What is a four front runner? Okay, now I'm the derpy one. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of breaking on that one. <laughs> Gunship. Four front runners the... is the name of my broad rock band. Because <laughs> okay, hold on. Right, I'm not it. editing it. It's staying in. <laughs> Gunship right now, <laughs> I would say, are the front runners in what is called the synth wave genre, which is quite literally 1980s, like sci-fi background music movie songs. Oh, gotcha. And that's what Gunship Sound literally is. And if you were to watch their music videos, that is what their music videos are. They will take clips from Terminator and Blade Runner and all those other movies of the 80s and just piece them together for their videos because their songs are a soundtrack to 80s, sci-fi, anything. Is there anything on here for you that stood out? I'm just looking at it. Nothing bad. stood out. I would say the killers because I took a risk putting them on that list. No, I'm a I poet saw and you as, didn't know it. Because I, <laughs> I saw them as New Wave back when they first came out. Because I remember hearing somebody told me pop up on the radio, and I'm like, why don't I know this? It's <laughs> I thought it was a New Wave English New Wave band. No, they're from Nirvana, yeah. Nevada. Exactly. That's what I thought they were. And from there, though, I did explore other killers tracks. Ah, very good, very good. And while I do have certain faves, like I love when you were young and read my mind and everything, but say right now, I think I'm like in love with Bones. Ah, Bones. Did you see the music video for that yet? Oh, I've seen the music video when it first came out. You know who directed that music video? Okay, yes, you do. Burton, yes. yes. Which remember, that, we, I was we, like, yeah, that's right down your alley. Yeah, because we discussed how Tim Burton's New Wave. He also directed... That's Yes, very new. He's Tim the Burton. New Wave music movie maker. Uh, which also explains there's another song that's not New Wave by the Killers, but it's... Man, it tears you up. It's called uh, Here With Me mm-hmm. uh, from Battleborn. And that music video is directed by Tim Burton. Watch the music video and text me. Got it. Because you'll be like, oh, yeah, that is, that's Tim Burton. I wonder why that person's in this music video. <laughs> you'll understand when you see it. Is it the wife? No. No, it's not. But it is a female. Ex-wife? Wife? My mom's drunk texting me. <laughs> My mom has done that before. My mom has drunk texted me and Shauna on many occasions. Where Sean will then go, your mom's drunk. And I'm like, I noticed. Asking me how many tacos I want. from the 84. Yes. Too much? Oh. No. Uh, did any of the Boingo stuff hit you at all? Yeah, because. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. To be honest, I only know of like one Oingo Boingo song. Mm-hmm. The title of it escapes me completely right now. Is it Dead Man's Party or is Weird Science? I know Weird Science, but I don't really care for that song. No. Well, neither does he. He hated it because the producers went in and cut it and released it. There's another. I'm going to have to start. Is it on this list? No. Oh. It's It's got to be Dead Man's. It's not Dead Man's Party? 
think so. I don't think it is. Hold on, is- let me pause the podcast. Hold on, I gotta know what this. And I'm just gonna say it's probably stay. Yeah, it's yeah. probably stay. stay it's- yeah. That's going to drive me absolutely crazy now, though. Like, I'm going to have to listen to Absolutely. all of this shit tomorrow and be like, this is the one! This is the one! Well, I, I put the song... Yes, but that's New Wave. That's what... Mm-hmm. Boingo Boingo is what people's definition of New Wave is to me. And Depeche Mode... Let me just say about Depeche Mode, I don't mm-hmm. think they've ever really changed. And I mean that in a good way. And I think I mentioned this on this episode. Depeche Mode is like ACDC of, of New Wave. Mm-hmm. Where they like, this is what we do, man, and and it's weird when I say that you're, I'm indicating it hasn't freshened. It's like not fresh. Mm-hmm. It is. Listen to Personal Jesus. Mm-hmm. Listen to Enjoy the Silence, which is not just a Peshmo, but you get my point. And then go listen to Background World, not Background World. Um, that's Nine Inch Nails. Um, we are not there going backwards. Uh, new technology. I'll get the name of the song. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's called We're Going Backwards. That's the name of the song, oh. Going Backwards, which was, I think, from 2012. I think so, yeah. Um, background World is Nine Inch Nails, electronic, same difference. Um, but yeah. I mean, even their most recent album, which was in 2000. I want to say 16, 17 when I saw them live. It, it was Where's the Revolution? Latest album still had that new wavy borderline goth. And I say that because a lot of the people showed up in goth clothes to MSG. You know what I appreciate about them? Hmm. They didn't get 30 guys in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last album was Spirit in 2017. Whereas the revolution was the yeah. single, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the album. I'm sorry, 2017, not 12. Going backwards is on that album. Yes. So yes, we are talking about the same band doing the same thing. They sound exactly the same. It's fresh. It's the same. And I and I say that about ACDC in the same good way. Mm-hmm. You may not like their music, but they haven't changed one goddamn bit, and they haven't had to. Exactly. I don't think I got anything else. I think I'm good. <laughs> I think for the next episode, mm-hmm. which is what we should talk about off air. So never mind. Do the outros. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for joining us for a, yes. another episode of Manic Mixtape. We hope you enjoyed our run through of all these. What's it? Amalgam. Amalgam. Compilation compilation that's not get confusing compilation of songs of every genre you we're already there i know right every genre you can think of because on this show genres don't fucking matter nope Nope. join us next time for an episode that shall be revealed then because we're going to talk about it as soon as we're done (laughs) which is now goodbye bye